Welcome to Believe. My name is Nicholas Upchurch. Now, here's a special clip from our show in the category of World News. Of course, Chris Voss is one of the top negotiators, in my opinion, in the world. I mean, his he's negotiated... Um, hostage releases for the FBI, did so many great things. And when we're talking about, you know, Chris, you're just talking about building a great family. When we're talking about what's going on in the world, there are some really hot button issues. And I think there are layers to things that you would probably have a better handle on than maybe some other people. But there are definitely disagreements. I think maybe sometimes those may even be manufactured disagreements who knows what's going on we, we talk about that on other shows but in terms of coming to um in terms of finding solutions I, I think if we were to find solutions with some of the the divide you know there's sort of a, a race is a big thing right now people are talking about racism it's a big thing um also i think in between governments i mean we have um north korea is a big topic and possible war but how can we apply some of these things to to basically make our world better? I mean, what are you, what's your view on what's going on in the world and how we can kind of move forward if we could? Well, the, you know, the answer is simple. It's just not easy to do. And it's something that I refer to as telling the indisputable truth. Mm. And can you make a statement that that neither side will argue with? Um, that's actually really hard to do. Because you want to advocate on your own behalf or you want to attack the other side. It's, it's very hard to say things that makes the other side go like, ah, yeah. Um, an example, Barack Obama, former president, recently tweeted a Nelson Mandela quote shortly after the, the problems in Charlottesville. Sure. And all he did, and it was from, I believe it's from Mandela's story, A Long Walk to Freedom, but it was the indisputable truth. And he tweeted, no one was born hating somebody else. Now that's indisputably true. And it turned out to be, I think it's the second most retweeted tweet in the history of Twitter, which means it picked up more velocity and got more support and more ground than anything any other politician ever said, except maybe one tweet, who knows what that was. But it's the indisputable tru uh, truth, and, and why did it get picked up? It had to have gotten picked up by both sides. Indisputably true, and that you know that's how you start the conversation. And typically, the indisputable truth that doesn't taste good when you say it. Like you know, I believe that if you can just taste how sweet the words are going to be when they cross your lips, they're probably the wrong words. Wow. So. That you know, it, 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 it has a far greater effect when, it, when it's indisputably true. That's beautiful. And actually, I, I'm very proud to have voted for both Obama and Trump. Maybe I, I could be the only one. There could be some people in the Midwest that actually uh, are, are like that too. But um, I think there's good in everybody's heart, right? I think it's, and it's right along the lines of what you're saying Obama said. Um, it's hard because we all get hung up on our uh, what we think is right and wrong, and it's a perspective thing, everybody's perspective. We all want to be right. Um, 
And sometimes, and there also are layers to things I've noticed, you know, so something could be going on on the surface, somebody could be a really great negotiator, but then there could be forces kind of behind, there's layers upon layers and we all have, maybe there's some some tough things going on for all of us in the background, the shenanigans we're up to and you know, there could be degrees of that. Hopefully that person's okay. I hear the sirens going by, but so if we're- well, Listen, you know, they're after me. So if you hear some crashing <laughs> on the door and I, and I run away real quick, you know what it's about. Well, it sounds like you got away because that I, I don't hear the sirens anymore. So that's they good. They kept going, yeah. So, going. Um, so when we're talking about um, getting to the bottom of things uh, and um, assuming, assuming there is something to get to the bottom of, you know, a lot of people say maybe there isn't. Maybe everything is on the surface and- Maybe it is just that easy, uh, but there are uh, there's sort of a, an idea now that there's the deep state, right? It's a big thing, the deep state. And uh, what's going what's going on with that in your view? Is there a civil war going on with the the intelligence agencies, to your knowledge, or what? You know, is there anything? What are your feelings on that? All right, so this is my two cents worth, and, and I, I basically try to stay away from a lot of political sure. stuff because people are so sensitive it's to tough. it. It's tough. But, you know, the, the deep state, in my view, are the um, career government officials that when they swore to protect the Constitution, they meant it. They, mm-hmm. and, and they, it's country first. And, um, John, uh, General Kelly, the current, uh, Trump's current chief of staff, you know, you could say he's a deep state guy because he says country first. He swore an allegiance. He swore to uphold the Constitution, which at some point in time means that you're going to pay a lot less attention to what politicians want because politicians sway in a given moment. Either, you know, politicians are very rarely down the middle of the road and very rarely is the media enthusiastic about trying to fan the flames of centrism or the middle of the road. But, you know, there are a lot of government officials that when they swore to protect the Constitution, they meant it. And they're going to stay the course. They're not going to much care who's in the White House. They're going to they're going to believe in the Constitution. And when they sense any political party on one side or the other is trying to push against what they have sworn to uphold and protect, they're not going to go along with it that quickly. That's my take on the deep state. And, and if if that's anywhere near the truth, that's the way I was when I was with the FBI. We, sure. we weren't joking around. We we swore ourselves into the FBI. I got sworn in in 1983. And when they asked me to protect, defend, and uphold the Constitution, it didn't matter to me who the president was then. It didn't matter who it was since. I believed in the Constitution, and, and, I, and I meant it. So... Uh, that's what I that's what I view the deep state to be. Well, it's very interesting. And, yeah, we had uh, Jim Rogers on He's a billionaire investor. He was talking about also the if you don't know what the agenda of the board of directors of a corporation is, you don't really know the agenda of that corporation, not even the CEO, the board of directors, the shareholders own it, the board of directors run it. And he said that, you know, there's 20,000 page bills that the uh, the Congress is passing that they don't even read. Uh, and so it's interesting. I think there's a lot of very good people, uh, maybe sort of like you're saying, that are that are in the deep state. 
Uh, but they might not even be aware of the, there, there could be levels that and agendas that are above that. And uh, even the people voting on the bills may not be aware of what that is. So it's very interesting. I think, I think if we could find out what, why that is, that would be probably good in terms of why the congressmen and why the senators aren't reading the bills they vote on, why they aren't able to, why they're voting on bills they can't even read. And uh, the lobbyists, you know, according to Jim Rogers, the lobbyists are, are the ones kind of putting those bills together. And that kind of goes to the, the, the board of directors of corporations and then maybe people are influencing them and it's very interesting. But a lot of people have really good hearts and they are trying to do what you mentioned. So I think that's important to remember because people get fired up about the deep state, that they have some kind of agenda to subvert the, the, the nationalism and they have some kind of global agenda. And it may, like you're saying, it may not be so simple. People are just trying to really do the best they can and not let the political stuff take away from uh, defending the Constitution. It's such a subjective thing when people say defend the Constitution. It means so many different things to different people. And I think that's so important. Now, what do you think about that in terms of understanding people's perspective? My, my view is that you can really get along with people if you can, you know, you'll have one word and people will have a vastly different definition of that same word. Or, for example, defending the Constitution. Some people could think it means completely different things. Um, how, do you, how do we get on the same page with that? Because people are literally going crazy because we're not willing to understand what somebody else thinks of... Uh, you know, the same word. I mean, how can we get on the same page? Does it go back to empathy, Chris? Well, it, it, a lot of it goes back. It goes, empathy is part of it. Leadership is part of it. I mean, if, if we've got, if you got this many, if it's this uh, apparent that there are this many problems, to me, that's, that's a leadership issue. And one of the first issues of great leaders is whether or not they have empathy with people who see things vastly differently from them. So I think empathy is absolutely part of it. Well, I definitely understand. I love that answer. 